entrepreneurship is great, but can also seem overwhelming. Wouldn't you like to know the pros, opportunities, and problems with different business and investment strategies before you jump in? Well then, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed. Welcome, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed, hosted by your guy Bees, and we have another today. Now, listen, if you guys know, entrepreneurship of business acquisitions, all right, but there's three major ways to create true wealth in this world. Mm-hmm. Owning a business, of course, that's my favorite, <laughs> whether you build it from scratch or whether the financial markets, that's the stock, the, the Forex, crypto now. But the third one is a historical, you know, and that is real estate. That's why we've had a couple of episodes where we talk about different. And this one is going to be an extremely powerful conversation. Focus positives, not just the amazing things that happen and not just the fancy. Create our wealth or anything like that. But we want to talk about the problems and the obstacles that are in as just being an entrepreneur. And our guests today have an amazing story bounded in real estate. So I want y'all to welcome to the show, Rod, Lee. Rod and Jen, how are you guys doing today? Absolutely terrific, my man. Appreciate you for having us on. We're doing wonderful. Fantastic. Awesome. So happy to be here. Thanks for having great, us. Great. Thank you. You guys have an amazing story. I was reading through it. And then, you know, as we were prepping, I was like, wow, I know exactly what I want to focus on. And it's really on that. Before we even get into that, tell the people a little bit more about yourselves and your story overall and what led. Well, well here's the thing. Look, we, we've been together for about 25 years. We met, <laughs> we met about 27 years ago. I actually met at church. I was already a, a business owner. I, I'm a serial entrepreneur, have been since I was a teenager. I've uh, owned a lot of different businesses and kind of ended up in the construction space. And so built houses, became a, a licensed contractor about 30 years ago, and really have worked all up and down the East Coast, just doing a lot of different construction. Got connected with my beautiful wife. She was actually in the real estate space and in corporate America. And we just kind of brought that together, created a team about 25 years ago and started doing what we saw so many other people doing, which was buying and investing in real estate. Cause we kind of had both components. We had the real estate side and the construction side. So we combined that started working together as a family, her and I uh, created a business together jointly. And here we go. Fast forward 26 years later, <laughs> we're still at it ups and downs and all, but you know, we've got four kids. Uh, all of our children are are actually adults, so you know we're a little older probably than we look. We hope, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, just growing grew our family man through this whole real estate business. We just you know it's it's it was really good to us, and at times it was bad to us, you know. But based uh, on some stuff that we did, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want to I want to share bees. I I, I want to chime in a little bit. You know, we, when we started out in this space, we knew without anyone actually teaching us, Rod and I knew that real estate was the way to build wealth. Oh yeah. And so we, we actually educated ourselves in this space. And it was so funny because we would do some things that most people wouldn't do. 
we wanted to buy property. So back then they used to have auctions and I don't know if they still do this now. I know they have auctions online, online, now, online mostly now, but back then they would have auctions in these hotel spaces. So that there would be this huge hotel ballroom and um, they would have auctions mm -hmm. there. So Rod and I were like, you know what? We don't have any money, but we're going to go to this auction. And we're going to figure this out. So we did have mm -hmm. our credit cards. So we're like, we're going to this auction. So we went to this auction for the first time and it was fascinating because the room was full with all these oh, yeah. people. Oh, yeah. And in the front of the room was this auctioneer who was like, bah, 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 and he would show these houses. <laughs> right? yeah. And we would see people in the room that you would think didn't have any money, but you knew that they must yeah. have had some money because you would see their little fans oh, pop up every, every property they come up, they'd buy it. So Rod and I were sitting in the audience and we're looking at each other and we're like, well, we got to get a couple in. of properties. We yeah. had an opportunity to sort of drive by and get an idea of what we would bid on. Well, they were going like yeah. the ones that we thought we'd bid on. They were going and we were like, OK, well, we missed that one. So I remember this condo was flashed up on the screen and we went. We raised our hand and we yeah. bought this condo. <laughs> we actually won. And we won the bid. Hey. And we like, I think we just won this condo. Yeah. So yeah. we paid for it on a credit card. And that condo is in an area of. Um, what the Washington DC metropolitan area yeah, it is. that is one of the wealthiest areas in the country, right? Yeah. So we had bought this condo, went in with Rod's skill set and all this, we fixed it up, we rented it out for a while, but then we ended up selling it. And we'll tell you that story as we go yeah. on throughout this interview, yeah. which is something we wish that we had and never done. I think done. we got that condo for $17,500. It was crazy. This is in Northern Virginia. I know yeah. it sounds like it's unbelievable, but absolutely. We purchased that condo for seventeen five. Yeah. On a credit card. And, and, and so, <laughs> and so as you'll learn throughout this yeah. interview, the power of real estate. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, and the way it appreciates in value, Rod always will tell you that I always say, I wish we had every property that we oh, yeah. ever bought from the very beginning because you get smarter as you go on, especially when yeah. you don't come yeah. into a space without a mentor, without a coach. Yeah. We didn't have one at yeah. the time because we tell our, our mentees now, don't sell, keep everything that you have. Yeah, you know? yeah, so we, bought house and we just kept adding to that portfolio and yeah. adding to that portfolio, everything from building houses to you know, holding and renting to flipping. Mm -hmm. We did all of that, renovating and, and subdividing land, you name it. If it was in the real estate space, Rod mm -hmm. and Jen had touched it. And and we Ooh. learned as about yeah. until yeah. It was, it, it was 2008. A, it, was, <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. But I, I will let you, I, we, we on a ramble. So. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. Which, which strategy would you say you love the most? Oh, Ooh, that's well, a good question. well, we, we're a mixture because see, <laughs> see, and, and for us, it's a little different because you, you're talking to a real estate developer and a contractor and a real estate broker because we, we happen to own both. So we own a real estate brokerage and we own a, a construction company, development company. And so my concept for me early on was always develop, build, sell, mm -hmm. you know, because that, mm -hmm. that's what we would develop land, build new houses built million dollar houses up in Northern Virginia, all over Fairfax County, all through that area and, and all through Washington, D.C. area, Maryland. So doing that era in early 2000s for us, which is kind of early part of us being together, the market was just booming mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. I mean, we would build stuff. And before I could get the foundation out of the ground, we had a contract. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> we were rolling and, you know, things was going. So so I kind of got in my system used to. We got sell. addicted. <laughs> you know, I got I got addicted to the sale. Now, Jen always came from the side. Let's keep all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 I think that's what we're getting into about 
This is a learning process. You need to be coached through and learn this process because the wealthiest people in the world hold real estate and yeah. not just buy it and get rid of it, but hold it. Mm-hmm. And so at that yeah. early part for us, we were just starting to get into acquiring some things to hold. Mm-hmm. So, so really what we like and what we've not kind of adopted is we like to buy, renovate, you know, you know, and hold, re- and hold <laughs> refinance. People call it the burr, you know, and then we just repeat and we do a lot of that. But because we are who we are, we still do buy land. We still develop land and we, we do sell, but we strategically identify the stuff that we're going to sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, yeah. and that's usually generating more for us to put into some longer term stuff we're going to hold. So, so buying and holding is, is, is favorite. what we like. That's yeah. a, that's our favorite strategy, yeah. although we've used all of them, but like Rod said, I think we got addicted to the, the flipping and you can, you know, and yeah. a lot of people, they want to get into real estate investing for the flip strategy and the flip strategy mm-hmm. is powerful. If you need chunks of money, if you need large sums of cash at oh, yeah. one time, Flipping real estate is fun. It's lucrative. It's and it's oh yeah. And if you're in the right area, that any you and everybody can, make, can do. You can make a lot exactly. of money doing it. Yeah. But mm. but as you become more and more educated in this space, we're all about the education when it comes to real estate investing. We've heard a lot of people jump in and they want to be a flipper mm-hmm. and they don't know how to do it properly. And they'll buy a property, try to flip it, and they'll get hurt on the other side. Yeah, and they say, "I'm sure. never doing this ever again." Yeah. So with flipping, if you're constantly flipping property, the IRS does not see you as an investor. They see you as a dealer mm-hmm. and they tax you differently. Oh, yeah. They as hit a you across the head. And yes. people don't know that. You're going to get taxed, one of the highest tax brackets as a flipper, as opposed to being an investor. Right. Because as an investor, we can get our taxes down to zero. Mm-hmm. And there we go deal that way. Yeah. That's how you build yeah. a portfolio yeah. by keeping it. But the cool thing is you can still yeah. 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 And it's all about it's all about for us that this journey for us has been it's been so full. I mean, mm. it's been a lot of things and, and, it, and it has been and we'll get into it. It has been a challenge for us as well. And but we look mm. back on it and we realize a lot of the lessons that we learned have only prepared us to be so much better now mm-hmm. and later in the game. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were still fairly young. We were we were we were new at doing it. We didn't have a coach, didn't have a mentor. I mean, we we knew some of the greats like Robert Kiyosaki and some of mm-hmm. the other folks. So yeah. we had had courses we had, you know, participated in, but not a specific mentor that said, hey, guys, let me put my arm around you and right. I'm going to walk you through. And I'll tell yeah. you what to do and what not to do. <laughs> right. So we were doing some things that were really good. And we actually did some things that we shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's how, how that whole and came about for us and us getting caught in 2008. I'll say that real estate investing is very similar to acquiring businesses. Mm-hmm. Doing that too? Yeah, absolutely it is. And we own businesses, so we've had several, but you, you're right about that. I think it is uh, a, a very, very compatible or com- in comparison. And, and the strategies and how you acquire it, it, you know, those strategies are definitely things that... Uh, in both spaces. I know that this, this connection is going out a little bit. So, so now, what is one you use a lot as a landlord? You're a landlord. You have all this. What is a service that you use? Do you have to hire plumbers? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, we'll see. Again, we're a little unique with what we do because we're in the space. So believe it or not, we've got property all, all around the country. We actually manage our properties locally from where we are. We manage all of our property. Now we own a real estate company and a brokerage and a property management company. So for us, we're set to do that. Now in different yeah. areas, we have certainly team members, we have employees, we have other subcontractors and companies we use. It's a, it is a big thing. It's a big part of the whole landlord space. And one of the things that we always really kind of push to our mentees is you got to, you've got to create a team and mm -hmm. kind of like you with what sure. you do, you've got a team of people behind you. You've got to yeah. develop the team. You know, you got to realize that you got to pay people. And if you want good people, mm. you pay them appropriately and then you get decent service, but you develop that over the, over some time. And, and we have a lot of people behind the scenes that become part of our support network that makes it easier for us to do what we do. And now we're in a time where we have so many more resources, even, you know, yeah. like, uh, digitally, uh, electronically, you know, we can, we can, we get all of our payments are done via, mm -hmm. you know, direct, direct debit, mm -hmm. you know, so things like yeah. that. Back when we first started, we actually had people dropping off checks to us <laughs> and money orders uh, and cash. You know, people roll up on you yeah. with, with, with like hundos, man, a stack of them. I want to pay my rent, you know, and then we <laughs> loop back behind it and follow us, you know. So, that, but, you know, I, yeah. I want to add something to what Rod yeah. is saying, because bees. now you're getting to property management. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. so we've gone from actually our, our strategy for purchasing property and what we do, the holding piece of it. And understanding property management is critical oh, yeah. to the success no of your real estate portfolio. And this is where oftentimes people slip or they fail. Mm -hmm. Not understanding that property management piece, it is critical because how can you have a portfolio yeah. if it's not properly managed, right? If you have a portfolio of real estate with bad tenants, it can be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah, where absolutely. most people are afraid of this asset is that they don't know how to manage it. And we always recommend that you manage it yourself, at least in the beginning, until you get your feet on the ground and you get a full understanding right. of property management. Because if you turn it over to somebody else, how are you going to know yeah. if they're doing a good job if you haven't done it yourself? Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of property management companies out there. Right. Some of them are good and some of them are not. And so they, yeah. if you don't understand the business, you don't understand what you're doing, you don't understand property management, you can get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you things like, oh, this needs repairing or we can't find a good tenant. We've had this happen. This is what we're speaking from experience. Right. As Rod mentioned, we manage our own properties and we do a very good job at it because we have a system and you have to have your systems in place. Everything from maintenance to, you know, collecting your rent, rent to sending mm -hmm. out notices mm -hmm. to, you know, all, all the different processes, Leases, the, legal the application, portion. the lease mm -hmm. itself and the legal piece. Mm -hmm. You have to have this, all these systems in place so that you run it like a well-oiled machine. It's a business. When right. you're a real estate investor, it is a business. You are in business and you want to protect that asset and you don't just put anybody in your asset. We right. see it all the time. People have a nice property to rent. They take the first person that comes by and raises their hand and says, hey, I can pay three months in advance. Red flag. You know, yeah. why are you paying three months? I want three months in advance. I want the first month and I want my security deposit and I want my rent paid every month. That's right. all. I don't want three months in advance. We've seen these kind of tricks happen. <laughs> professional tenants out there, oh, yeah, there are. who want to get into your property, pay the first month and never pay again. And then right. you have a nightmare trying mm. to get out. We teach people how to be good property managers, right? And then if you decide 
I want to turn this over to a property management company to manage it for me. Yeah. We yeah. teach you how to find a good property management company that will manage your property in a professional way that you can oversee. You never want to take your eye completely off of anything no. you own. No. Okay. Yeah. You want to have the freedom 100%. We get the freedom, but you want to be able to look over the shoulder and go, mm -mm, that doesn't look right. And I need a report. And then you know what it is you're looking for. Well, you know, so, you, you talked about too, even comparing this to other business opportunities. And like for yeah. yourself, I'm sure you buy a business, mm -hmm. you go out, you evaluate the business, you look at kind of what kind of, what are they doing? What are they generating in revenue? What, what kind of employees they have? What's the, you know, what are they providing? And the thing is, you realize even going into some businesses right out the gate, because we do this all the time. We're constantly evaluating businesses, mm -hmm. even the ones we're not in the spaces we're not in. We'll, we will use certain services and then we'll start evaluating. <laughs> so, you know, they need to get service better. They need to do yeah. this. You know, we'll, we'll get it even down to the space because that's what we do, you know, but you will realize and you'll start seeing things that, you know, don't add up. And I'm sure just mm -hmm. like when you're looking at businesses, you're like this right here this that some work needs to go into this because they're not yeah. maximizing their profit we do the same thing on the property side we look at all those pieces the property management where it's located mm -hmm. what type of tenants you know if it's a great area if it's a marginal area you know mm -hmm. we try not to buy well i i guess it wouldn't be fair to say we don't buy in depressed areas because we do we we buy everywhere <laughs> we're buying a depressed area we'll buy an ex extremely affluent area so for us because yeah. it's a little different again but most people get into areas where there's a good rental market. You know, it, it's 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 that that area and the economy in that area is moving well, and you've got a good base of tenants. <laughs> That's yeah. Rod said. We look at all areas. We have a property right now that returns us uh, cash flow very very well every month, and it's in an area where people would say, "Don't go there. Oh, yeah. Don't buy on that. Um, Don't yeah. buy in that community." Oh, yeah. And we say, well, everyone has to have a place to live. So we'll go into that community. We will do our analysis because there are places you probably don't want to buy in. Right. But if you know that that area could potentially be on an upswing, mm -hmm. it might be the best investment in your portfolio. And yeah. it turned out to be that this property, we looked at it, it was a couple of duplexes. You mm -hmm. probably would have walked away from them bees. You probably would have said, there's no way in Most the world. Most people probably would. <laughs> yeah. So we went no. into this and Rod's amazing so team that he hired they go in and they renovated these duplexes. And I'm telling you, our phone jumps off the hook. Yeah, our it's, return it's, on this investment is phenomenal. Grossing. It's in one of the worst neighborhoods that we own currently in the portfolio, but it's one of the highest grossing as it relates to uh, revenue that we have in our entire portfolio, just, just these two duplexes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, it just goes to show you got to be it's all about evaluating, knowing what's going on. That area also is on an upswing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still a housing shortage nationally everywhere. Mm -hmm. So people do need a decent place to stay, you know, and Listen, yeah, that, they're not making not, God's not making any more land bees. Yeah. And so opportunity yeah. to buy real estate. Rod and I always recommend buy as much as you Better can. Get it now. Rod shared a report with me last night that was it was mind blowing. It wasn't surprising. I kind of knew that it was coming about, but it's becoming even more and more aggressive. And that is that people that are extremely wealthy, that have deep pockets, your hedge funds and folks like that, they're buying up as much real estate as they possibly can. Buying. Now, you know this, you know that wealth leaves clues. Why are they Definitely. buying up real estate? Well, it's not hard to figure out 
Real estate is a very powerful asset. It preserves wealth. Mm -hmm. It can bring you cash flow every month. You can pass it down to the next generation. But the tax advantages and the tax benefits from owning real estate is extremely powerful, which is why you hear people say, I didn't pay anything in taxes and I made you know, right. I, no, I wrote off, you know, nine hundred million dollars in taxes. Well, how more than most people make in a lifetime? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Nothing. So our question is, we need to get into that game. Yeah. Don't be mad. Try to figure out yeah, how you can don't do get mad. Thing. Jump in. Right. Because it's available to all of us. So if you have an opportunity to fill your portfolio up with real estate. One hundred percent. You need to get on it because they're buying it up to the point where the goal is. There won't be much real estate to buy, and you'll have to only have fractional ownership. Yeah, this it, kind of it'll, stuff. It'll, These are the yeah, conversations that are yeah, being had. Yeah, there's a there's you know? a strategy going on, and and, mm-hmm. and and for those that may not be following it, start to pay attention and to look. You'll see there is information. It's slightly coming out, but mm-hmm. you'll notice that you know anything that's done by the extremely wealthy, the elite, mm-hmm. they always try to keep it undercover as long as they can. Oh, yeah. it, it doesn't make mainstream news. It's not on CNN and Fox and everywhere else. You don't hear it. And then all of a sudden yeah. you are sliding in. We own a real estate brokerage. So here's something that we saw firsthand, what, two, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. We would list a property and all of a sudden right out the gate, one or two days in, we got a cash offer from an anonymous buyer saying we'll close in a week. And here's our offer. Boom. If you want to accept the offer, click here. Basically, you don't even see them. Mm-hmm. Click here, yeah. do that. We'll send this stuff to the lawyer and we'll close it in a week. These are hedge mm. funds. These are, these are big money people moving and they're buying in every community. And these are single uh, family. These are not just necessarily yes. 100 unit buildings. Okay. Yes, yes. They're buying up everything they can get their hands on. 100%. And we don't sell anything. So they call us. We're like, no, you can't. Oh, buy- we get calls all the time. Yeah, you, you guys sell <laughs> Selling it. Sorry, not selling it. Yeah, we're we only adding. We're, we're constantly building, you know, and it's for it's for several reasons that we build. Uh, one, of course, is the tax advantages and we can get into that. But we really want to build a portfolio so that we can pass it down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It is our obligation. Mm-hmm. Our, our yes. We do not want to leave this earth bees with leaving nothing behind. Right. For the next yeah. generation to build off of us. Shame on us if we do that. So we're building a portfolio for us to live on today, but also to pass it down to the generations behind us and they can continue to build from there. So that's the other reason that we build this portfolio. The tax advantages are enormous because you know there's four ways to make money, right? You're either an employee, mm-hmm. you're self-employed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's considered, you know, small business. Either you have a big business. Or you're an investor. 500 okay? more employees. Big 500 business. more employees for a mm-hmm. big business. Let's walk real quickly through those taxes that are that are paid in each one. As an employee, you're going to pay a lot in taxes. Probably 40 to 50 percent of your income is taxed. That's a lot. Yeah, the government is not even trusting you to send it to them later. They're taking oh, no. it out of your check oh, no. off the top. Yep. You know, yep. and people want to make a six-figure salary, two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand dollars on their job, whatever. Well, you know what? The IRS is getting their portion of that. You can get a raise. They're going to get a portion of that. So it's almost like you you can't get get ahead in building wealth as an employee. Highly taxed, right? Then we go to self-employed. A lot of us say, I'm leaving the job. You know, I'm going to work for myself. And that's amazing. It's phenomenal. And I commend anyone who is brave enough to leave their W-2 and start their own business. But be mindful of this. The government is taxing you even more than an employee. 
as a self-employed business owner, you're going to get an additional 15.3% tax on top of all the other tax that they're charging you. So you're taxed at probably 60, 65% of your income. I don't think it's fair because I think anyone that's self-employed needs to get a break because this country is run on small businesses, no really, doubt. to be honest. No doubt. Yeah, but they're yeah. going to tax you for that, right? So you get the breaks when you become a big business, 500 or more employees, right? You're running a big business. The government gives you tax breaks because you're providing services and products mm -hmm. that, the, that the nation needs. So that you're partnering with the government, so to speak. So they're saying, okay, we're going to give you some breaks. We're going to give you some tax incentives and some tax cuts because mm -hmm. you're providing housing, you're providing food, you're providing energy and trucking, oil and those and trucking and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you get, you know, that's, that's a pretty good break. You're going to pay about 20% of your income is going to be taxed. Only 20. So it's gone down. But as an investor, you have the potential to pay zero in taxes. You can. Zero. Now, so, and, and keep in mind when we say zero, some of us, you're always going to pay sales tax. When you yeah, we're talking income. But yeah. we're talking income. Mm -hmm. We're talking the money. Yeah. 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 And, and, the, and the fact of the matter is most people don't realize. We ask this question. Usually we say to everybody, what's, the, what's your largest expense? And we'll ask people. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going all around the country. We say, hey, what's your largest expense? Tell us your top two. Usually people say mortgage. People yeah. say student loans, people, some people will throw a car, mm -hmm. you know, different things, depending on if they own a house and that. But the incredible thing that nobody ever puts down very rarely, maybe very 1% rarely. of people will say mm -hmm. taxes. Mm -hmm. Our biggest expense, if you're not in those last two categories, which is most of the people we're talking to, with the exception of some of the other mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and business owners we know mm -hmm. that understand the space, they're, they're not understanding taxes as your biggest expense, mm -hmm. taxes. And even though it comes out of your check, you ignore the fact that you paid it, you paid it. <laughs> if you made a hundred grand, you didn't bring home a hundred grand, you no. brought home 60. Mm -hmm. So you didn't mm -hmm. make a hundred. Now, when we were kids growing up, everybody's like, get a, get a good education. Mm -hmm. We're both college educated. The truth be told, we spent a lot of money. I wish I took the money I spent on college and put it in real estate. That's just me. I'm not knocking anybody who goes to school. 100%. I'm just saying I could have multiplied that money and leveraged it, made it better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the fact is, we pay, we, we, we're taught to do this, get this good job. You're making six digits, you've made it. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, you're not making six exactly, digits. Exactly. You're only making a, a fraction of what you're bringing in. And so that tax bill is the biggest bill. The second largest expense we have especially in our community, is the lack of education, mm. the lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. which is what led us into some of the downfall and some of the issues we had. We were not knowledgeable about certain aspects of the game. Mm -hmm. We were smart. Oh, but we caught on. We were educated. <laughs> we, you know, we were doing, the, doing all the work we knew to do, but we, we, were, we were capped at the limit of what we knew. Mm -hmm. We only knew this amount. There was a much more up here. We didn't know. No one taught us that. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing the game and man, we were, oh, it was good. We look, build a mansion on the water and 10,000 <laughs> house and driving Porsches and Mercedes Benz and kids that got cars and private room. Oh, we, we, were, we, we made it. We were like George, <laughs> George and Weezy. We moved on up. <laughs> Moving on up. Yeah, man. We, we for a poor kid with my background, growing up the way I did, I, you know, it was like this was the dream. And I'm just like, man, I, I didn't push my whole life to get this. So, so you know? then, let's, let's, go ahead, go ahead. Second, since we're doing editing and everything, I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna. Okay. What I want to let's start. We're gonna pick right back up on something that you were explaining, and I'm gonna go a little bit behind because it was really okay. Jed explaining it, and then Rod, you started elaborating. 
What you were describing, Jen, is the cash flow quadrant, Mm -hmm. which was popularized by Robert Kiyosaki and uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Mm -hmm. That's so key because employee and self-employed, you're working in the business. You're trading time for money, right? right? And most people don't make that shift to business owner where you can work on the business and now you're just staring the direction of the business while your your staff is carrying out more and then you're able to scale more but many people still stay right there at the beginning and they forget that you could be an i right and now you're not working in the business you're not even working on the business because i don't want to be the ceo of anything the ceo is still a job that's right (laughs) however i the investor i get to work above the business. Mm-hmm. Now I can hire a CEO in place. I mm-hmm. can have everything being run and I'm more doing quarterly earnings reports or something along those lines. Right. right? So I love that you, you explained that without even specifying what it is. You, you showed how it, it expands to so much more and why right. it's important for people to realize that concept. Listen, if somebody chooses, they want to stay in that E mm-hmm. employee, mm-hmm. Okay, that's your choice. You really love your career. You chose that. Fine. But I encourage them to still have another stream of revenue because that employee security is is false security. And Mm -hmm. that rug can be pulled from underneath your legs at any moment. Yeah. Right. And not even mentioning all the tax benefits that that Jen was explaining. No doubt. I love that you guys went down that route. 100%. And and I want to add something to what you just explained Mm -hmm. me. So to make the shift and and Robert Kiyosaki, he's brilliant. Yeah, he is. To make the shift from being an employee to being an investor, we're talking a couple of different types of shifts, right? First of all, it's a mindset shift. Absolutely. Most important. (laughs) Absolutely. 100% because you get used to that paycheck. It's like golden Mm -hmm. handcuffs. You've Mm -hmm. heard that term. Mm -hmm. Yes. Literally will keep you tied. It's, It's modern day. A modern day of, of enslaving people, really. Yes, it, is. it keeps yeah. you tied yeah. to that check every week, every other week, you right? You can't get it's off. Like it's like it's like, yeah, it's like crack. Yeah, it's like crack. Yeah, yeah, it can so, be. So to break away from that, it's really a mind shift change because now you're going into, like you said, either big business or or, or entrepreneurship, or you mm-hmm. become an investor. Different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You're not the questions you ask are different. You ask yeah. questions like, "How mm-hmm. much are I going to make on this money? How much am I going to make on this investment?" You're not saying, "How much are you going to pay me for my time?" It's a different right. question, right. different conversation altogether, right? right? Yes. So, so yes. that it's a mind shift. But then when we talk about, because you know what, you're not going to work forever doing anything. Yeah. At yeah. some point. Yeah, we use the word retirement. Rod and I will never retire because we think retirement has we like some, we do. some we negative connotation. <laughs> sometimes when you retire, you've heard people or heard about people that pass away shortly after they retire because things just sort of shut down. But yeah. at some point, you're going to say, you know what? I don't want to do anything anymore. I just want to chill and travel the world and uh, enjoy life go in a, fishing, in a go different hiking, way, whatever right? In different yeah. way. And you, some of us will still probably do put our hands to some things because God created us to create. We will always mm-hmm. do that until the day we leave this earth. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm trying to make is that as an employee, what they sell us is, hey, you know, set up your 401k plan, mm-hmm. right? First problem, so that you have enough money that when you leave this job, after you've given us 30 and 40 years of your life, mm-hmm. your 401k plan will take care of you when you retire. Okay, this is where Rod and I have a problem. This is where we're concerned about most people 
who are W-2 employees or even some self-employed who aren't setting themselves mm -hmm. up for that time. Right. Because at yeah. some point you're not going to work anymore. Right. But yeah. what they told us was, you know what? Figure, I remember when I first had my first job out of college and they came to me with a stack of papers and they said, OK, well, you know what? This is your retirement plan. It's a 401k plan. I was so excited. Like, oh, this is so cool. And they were yeah. like, well, pick the, pick the mutual funds that you want to to invest in. And I'm like, how do I know? How do I know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. No one's ever articulated that before. Yeah. I've never heard anyone said that, but I, I swear all of us went through that moment. Like, but he all here, went through here's that. A, here's an interesting that was piece. like any, mini, mighty mug. This will look exactly. and, and you know the interesting thing? Because we all that have worked in some sort of corporate setting at some point, which we have, the strange thing is, though, you notice it's not the full S&P 500. Mm. They select a group of things yes. that you can, a small group, that you pick from this small group. Now, we don't know anything about any of the group, and we know even less about the small group. Yeah, exactly. small group it's controlled by the same group of folks right now that's buying up all the property. So yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a very, very manipulative, manipulative situation that we get into. And often, what, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. We do things because we, we don't know. Yeah. And we're counting on that, like Jen said, just to know, look, at the way that inflation is hitting and the way things are going, even if you were able to amass $2 million in your 401k, if you were and you retire at 65, that's not going to take you to 90. Nope. It ain't going to do it. Mm -mm. Not if you don't do some work. And, okay? and hopefully so, the stock market doesn't crash on you because yeah. if the stock market crashes, then you won't have guess million. what's going to happen to your 401k plan? It, it crashes. So, so we're a little bit concerned about that. But this is interesting how this was strategically done, right? So my father, for example, he's 88 years old. Back when he was working, the, re the pension plans were quite different than they are today. It was called defined benefit. Yeah, defined plan. Benefit it was plan. the defined benefit plan where the corporation was required to set aside money for you so that when you retired, you would get a check every month. He still mm -hmm. gets his check every month. This man retired yeah. like, I don't know, 30 years ago. Probably longer he gets a check. Yeah, probably longer than that. He gets mm -hmm. a check every month. Well, guess what? Bees? That plan is gone. They yep. stopped that back. He's in probably the last one getting he it. Probably, he was the last of the Mohicans that got that check. You know what I'm saying? That, that, plan, the last right? getting it. that yeah. plan is gone. Yeah. It was in the early 70s. I think it was around 1974 when they decided, you know what? We don't want to do this anymore. Corporations didn't want to be have that responsibility anymore. So what they sold to us was, guess what? Yeah. You get to have control over your own retirement plan. It's called defined contribution. You get to contribute. You get to pick your mutual funds. And guess what? This is going to be your retirement plan. Not telling us we're not going to have anything to do with that. You're totally 100% responsible for what you put in your 401k mm -hmm. plan. Now, there are some people that will retire because see, the people that were in that plan back then are probably about to retire now. And so at mm -hmm. some point, they're going to realize, I ain't got enough money to take me to oh, the they already realize. The life. Baby, baby, boomers, to realize. baby boomers are already are already doing it. And, and here's the second piece that goes along with that. So we don't go too deep in it because there's a lot more to that. But Social Security, you know, you can this is a fact. You can look this up. There's already been many, many public. Look, they've debated it in Congress. They've talked about it on, on CNN and everywhere else in the newspaper. But look, Social Security is slated to run out by 2035. Yep. 2035. They're saying only the money that's going to be in there is the money that's being paid in right now by current employees. Yep. So if current employees are paying the people that's already receiving. What are they going to get when they become? Exactly. So, Rod, are you saying Social Security is not Social no, Secure? No, 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 it's not Social Secure. Okay. So exactly. and we don't count on it and, and no one else should count on it. Hey, if you can get it, get it. 
but you, better, it's, you know, the, the things that you guys are talking about, and, and we could go forever on those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to go back to the real estate okay. side. Yeah, that, that's the right. Thing, the things like that is just insane. It, it's I spent so much time in my life trying to figure out the, the game, the rules of the right. game. Yeah, and no you. one would tell me at the time, like how you said the wealthy they they try to keep those things secret. It's like when when we're going through a recession and they say everybody take all your money out of the stock market and then everything starts dropping and then the wealthy starts buying it all up and exactly, just, exactly. Right? And it's like, Wait a minute, what just yep. happened here? You know, and and at the same time, when you're looking at all of these things that that you could do or should do, no one explained. Donald Trump, he mm-hmm. buried his ex-wife on his on one of his golf courses because he found out that bury one body on there and it's designated as a cemetery and there's no mm-hmm. property tax no estate tax no, it can't be it can't be seized by the government and this was right after he got his stuff seized at mar-a-largo yep. so yep. knowing yep. the rules of the game you gotta know the game is you gotta know the game if you yep. don't know the game you're gonna get had and the thing is <laughs> we too often don't know the game. Mm-hmm. And so, and it does. And the reason we bring that up, because all this relates to real estate. See, for us, even when we lost in 2000, late 2007, 2008, we lost, there were things we didn't know about the game. Mm-hmm. The wow. reason we lost because we didn't know the game. See, we were caught. And the primary reason we were caught was because again, remember we run two different aspects of our business. So mm-hmm. we leveraged a lot of our equity from property we held and cash we had where we had put hundreds of thousands in to development and to building new construction, buying land, developing the land, building houses. Now, when that was good, it was good because, I mean, it was popping. People were, like I said, buying stuff before we could get the foundation out of the ground. All of a sudden, collapse. Collapse happens. And what do people do? Everybody panicked. Everybody, even wealthy that not not the elite wealthy, not the elite, but those that perceive themselves millionaire, a couple million dollars. You know, they consider themselves to be wealthy. The rich, oh, yeah, the rich. They stopped, so nobody was spending. Yeah. We had people that had fifty thousand dollar deposits on property that walked away. Mm-hmm. Where I'm trying to convince them, let me go ahead and build it for you. We can get it done. No, with the things being the way it is. We know we lose our money, but we'd rather lose the 50K than to go ahead with the million dollar project. So that started happening. That trickled. Then all of a sudden we get a call from the bank. Our friends at the bank, we have been friends for what? They made money. They made money off of us for eight (laughs) years running. I mean, made a boatload of money off of us. They were giving us what we need. Hey, you need 500. You need a million. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Giving us the money. They called up. And this is the exact conversation we had. Now, prior, I would get a call from the VP for the bank. We, we, you know, we were all good. Hey, they would tell us how much they loved us. When this happened, I got a call from a secretary. And the call was, we want to let you know that all your notes are being called and they have to be paid off within 60 days. Okay. Now, now, you know, we are not fluid, that kind of fluid in cash. We're leveraging money. We're, We we put all our money in to get millions more to do more. So we're all in. And when they start calling the notes, which they have a right to do in the little fine print. Of course. And it was like, you pay it off or we take it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be forced to foreclose on it. And we're like, we're like, wait a minute. We got all our cash is in. We're like in for 
hundreds of thousands, close to a million dollars. We're in. We like, we can't. If you take it, we can't get our money out. Yeah. And and that was the reality of what hit us. What what we got smacked with, and it was we were not necessarily doing the subprime mortgages, yeah. but people we were selling to were. And so it's a trickle effect. It, 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 it affected everyone in the economy. And because we were in that industry, it affected us the most. And so when that thing collapsed, man, I'm telling you, you know, you're talking about a grown man crying. I mean, I, I, ain't, I ain't a crybaby, but right then when I got people calling the house, threatening me and my family and saying they're going to take my stuff. And I got three kids at home still and, and taking care of the whole entire family off of what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and the reality hit. And it was like, okay, this is like crisis. We yeah. got to do something. And and it caused us that literally we had to do fire sale. We we sold stuff for pennies on a dollar, which is, again, listen to what I'm saying, pennies on a dollar. The extremely wealthy, guess who was buying the stuff that's being sold for pennies on a dollar? Took all my money, all our cash, loaned me some money, turned right back around and took my stuff and yeah. bought it for, for, for half, if not a quarter of what I paid for. Mm-hmm. And they and we had to do it to just not to sink and go all the way under. Yeah. And the only thing that literally saved us these was we had we had a number of properties at the time. We had a lot of property, and and we had like I said, we were like George and Weezy. We had moved on up, man. We we were in the millions. You know, we were we were we were wealthy. All the audience knows that reference of George and Weezy. I hope <laughs> I'm okay if we have young audience too. You right, right. need to look up who George and Weezy is because <laughs> Jeffersons is something important there. Yeah, you got to look up the Jeffersons for that reference. <laughs> but you're right about it. But but the thing that really was was so difficult for us was we didn't have a source at that time. We didn't even have any. We knew a few people, but we we had no idea that this was even looming. You know, because things were so good for us, we were like, certainly this can't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, we put everything in place. We good people. We're not treating anybody. We, we're we uh, treating anybody wrong, cutting anybody short. We provide an excellent product. People mm-hmm. loving our stuff. I'm like, we, of course we wouldn't get hit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so when we sunk and it went down, it went all the way down and it went down fast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it went that. You know, the only thing that really saved us from probably literally almost being homeless and being renting an apartment was we owned a lot of property and a few pieces of the property that we owned. We were not leveraged with those. We, we owned them pretty, pretty much not close to straight out, but we owned them. And they were properties that we purchased with a future desire to develop. So they, some of them still had a house on it. Uh, a lot of times the houses weren't good, but they were just older houses that to go with, we would have tore it down. So we have one of those properties that we still had that had an old house on it. And when I say it was old, this joker was leaning. Okay. <laughs> so the floors were kind of leaning. It was rat infested. Yeah. You know, I had to move my family out of a 10,000 square foot mansion that we built and move them into that little house and try to just regroup. And so, you know, and that, we did. And we did. Mm-hmm. And that, and you know, and that was kind of the lowest of the low in this process, but you know, 10 years of building it up and then, and then losing it. But, you know, so, so the, and the moral of that story really for us was we learned a tremendous amount that will never be taken away from us. Yeah, It was painful, super painful for, for a man that to do what you want to do with your family. It was painful for me because I got my kids. They wondered what's going on. 
And my wife, we, I'm selling stuff, man. I'm selling Harley Davidson, Porsches. I got trucks coming to my house about a day. Take hauling stuff away. I'm sitting there watching, taking our stuff away, and just trying to make, you know, trying to trying to bridge the gap. And thank God for a great mate, because a lot of them probably would have bolted. <laughs> she never bolted. Been with me from the from the start to the end, and we just kind of dug in, man. We went in and done some things. We kept, we still had ability and skill. Um, we regrouped that there we go. There goes the thing that I think is most important, a very important lesson for everybody to learn here. Yes. I advocate that people should not be an employee and you should, you know, uh, become an entrepreneur or an investor and, uh, set your own path. But that doesn't mean that we don't go through problems. We've got to go through more problems, but the difference is when we go through the problems, we can fail all the way down to the bottom, but we know how to start building back up again. We know how to make money, right? So we could get right back on it. When you're an employee and that rug gets pulled from underneath you, oh, it's it. oh my goodness, I don't know what to do now. Like, where am I going to get that money from just to pay my rent or my mortgage or whatever? And mm -hmm. you, you don't have a way of, uh, of rebounding easily enough. It's still difficult for us to rebound overall, but oh, yeah. it's so much better when you've seen how to to create money, how to make uh, uh, revenue coming in, and then you could just go right. ahead and implement that again. Right. 100%. No, you're, 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 you're correct. You're yeah, so correct. I know. I was going to say, you know, storm's coming. The storms oh, are yeah. coming. I don't oh, care yeah. where you work, how long you've been working, what you're doing. A storm is coming. Everybody it's faced life, storms. Right? We have our ups and downs. Look, Jesus was on the boat with his disciples, and they're like, Lord, we're about to die. There's a storm coming. What are we he supposed sleep. to do? And he was like, would y'all chill out? Okay, we're going to get to the other side, right? Yeah, so yeah, storms this. are coming. A storm came in our life. You know, we learned from it because whenever mm -hmm. a storm comes and you get to the other side, look back and see what it was you were supposed to learn so right. that you know you're better equipped the next time a storm comes because it's coming again, right? right? So what we learned, lessons learned, as Rod said, moral of the story is don't take your eye off the market. Watch the kind of loans that you're taking. We had adjustable rate mortgages. Ne well, so stuff, yeah. we, we don't touch those very much anymore because we learned from that before. So you learn the mm -hmm. lessons and you apply them as you move forward. Mm -hmm. But the comeback was sweet oh, because yeah. we were like, look, we know real estate is an amazing investment. We the loans it. that they packaged, yeah. it really had nothing to do with the real estate itself. Yeah. It had to do with the products that they put in the mm -hmm. market for people to use to buy real estate with. And they knew that these products were going to fold. They knew that yeah. going in. Yeah. And so they packaged them up, put a bow on them and threw them out in the market. People grabbed them. And then the whole thing imploded or exploded, whichever way you want to go. Right. We were in both. there. We felt <laughs> but, did both. But as soon as we could see, as soon as we could open up our eyes from the rubble and the, the yeah, debris right, that had right, fallen right, on right, us. The dust off. We yeah. started buying property again. And you know what's crazy, Bees? So, so during the time we were living, we were in the Northern Virginia area, very yeah. affluent market, very expensive up there. We lived, Jen's from that area. Uh, I'm from the Southern part of Virginia, but she's from up there. So we lived there for 20 years and we had built a great network of folks up there, really great business up there, but a super expensive market. So in the in the midst of all this going on, we we had an idea and, and really it was me. Part of it was mostly me because I'm leading the family around at this point saying what we're going to do. We moved to Atlanta uh -huh. and so we packed up shortly after a couple of years after this collapse. We went in the bridge the gap. We, again, we're skilled people. Bridge the gap. We went out and took jobs temporarily. I, I mean, look, I'm a builder. It, there's a thousand people I can call today and go get work. I mean, people are always looking for my skill. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So people are always looking for her skill, finance, background, real estate, you know, all those things. And these, these, so we were able to go and do something to sustain ourselves and eat even when the market collapsed. So it wasn't like we were homeless. We, we were not living on our standard of luxury that mm-hmm. we had built to that we liked. And that was hurtful. It was yeah. hurtful to buy. Look, I remember when I <laughs> will tell this story because it's funny. So I sold her S500, which was Jen's car, sold her car. And I went out and I said, I need to find something I can buy cash. You know, because I'm like, at this point, I just need a you know $3,000 car. I need something. I can put my family in a hoopty. But, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I find this old, it was a nice car. It was a Lincoln Continental. And it was an older <laughs> model, but it was clean. So I, when I looked at it and the guy said, I made a deal on it. I brought it back to the house. She said, I don't want this grandma car. <laughs> you didn't want this old beast. Hey, but this uh, car was smooth. I, I'm not yeah. a picky person, right? She's I don't know. But you think, the thing was huge. Was I huge. mean, but it was nice, man. It, look, beast, it had no miles on it, man. It was, look, I know how to pick a car. This car was clean. It was a one yeah. owner, no miles. I said, now look, I know she's not going to like it, but I need a safe, reliable car for 3000 So, you know, I bought the car. So well, I we, drove it. We rode that car for a couple years, you know. But but the thing Rod didn't share with you that before we ended up moving to Atlanta, the house that we moved into, oh, the, the one, one, the couple of rentals the that we had hung on to, yeah. we fixed this house up. We, did. we put our hands to it and we used our yeah, skill we set. We fixed that house up. And turn around and sold it and made $75,000 off of that house. Yeah, we, we were did. like, oh, you want to stop using the skill now. So, that, which is why I'm about to tell you what happened. <laughs> so, we get down to Atlanta, and you know, Atlanta was like the epicenter. Yeah. For the, it, it was. Oh, it's it ground zero. It was ground zero. That mm-hmm. we, when we got there, it was so devastated. The market was so devastated. We moved out in the southern part, that right, Peachtree City, right outside of Atlanta. And we were already angling now. We, now we took all those 75K we made. Some other cash we had, we rolled down, we were like dusted off. We said, we'll just grab a little rental. Got us a decent rental when we got down there and we went to work. I started immediately, I started, I started scouting, started looking around, making relationships, making connections, meeting people. We start buying houses again. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, we were buying property for 400,000, 500,000, buying lots for 150,000. Now, this was pre collapse. We were not getting anything that was less than $150,000, anything, land, houses, nothing less than two, 300,000. So that was the market we were in. We get to Atlanta and I'm looking at, and I'm telling Jen, this is like a candy store. <laughs> we were like, so everybody else was still freaking out because they were saying, oh, the market, oh, doom and gloom. And I'm driving around, I'm seeing houses for 20,000, mm-hmm. for 15,000. Mm-hmm. Listen, we bought a house for $1,700 in East Point, Georgia. Mm-hmm. $1,700 for a two. Hey, wait, hundred, not thousand. $1,700. You're right. Wow. <laughs> so we, we were calling banks and getting a copy of their list and saying, because they had big lists. Yeah. We were just telling them, what, hey, we're investors. We didn't say how much money we had. We said we have money. Now, you know, we, we, we had a small pot, but we're going to grow the pot. We were calling them up. And the ones that would talk to us, hey, do you have any property? Where are they located? We'll buy. We started picking off all the stuff mm-hmm. that was 17000 We bought property for 4700 mm-hmm. We bought property for 20000 25000 Many of these we still own today mm-hmm. that are worth 10 times more of that. Mm-hmm. We were buying properties and we started right back at ground zero and we did exactly what the wealthy folks were already doing. 
they were buying stuff for pennies on a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all, y'all not trying to fool nah, us. You're not trying to get us out the game because a lot of people are like, I'm never I'm doing it. that again. That's we're it. like, no, 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 no. You're not mm-hmm. tricking us out of the game like no. that. So and we, we got bought, we actually bought a house. It was an all brick house, the one we got. Yeah. Um, with I don't know, two acres of land. Oh, yeah. But we moved two- into it. We were very mm-hmm. strategic in how we purchased this. We did owner financing mm-hmm. with the owner, got into that house, fixed it up, and this house is amazing. And we made and we made two hundred thousand on that one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so these are that that was our that was our we we just flipped it around. Came it's, back. And then we we then realized all the many things that we missed. So mm-hmm. this is what we get into now when we start telling people there's so much more yeah, to yeah, the game yeah. of real estate investing. Don't sleep on it Mm-mm. and don't listen to everything you hear. Of course, there's people that don't really teach you the whole game. Well, I mean, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. But you listen to people like Robert Kiyosaki and, and there's others. And Robert's got a solid game. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Robert's game, we met Robert and Kim years ago. And this was this was before the class, but we met them. And at the time, I, it wasn't even when when there was a, a big push for mentorship. You know, it was kind of starting to come about where you could yeah. get in people's programs and stuff. But looking back, it's one of the first things we tell people now. If you don't invest in education for yeah. people that know what you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're crying about giving them five grand, 10 grand, whatever it is. You're crying about that when they can save you millions. Millions with their game, with what they know, Shorten and they're the learning and, curve. And, they're, and they're shortening your curve and bringing you in and saying, "Look, and I, and here's another one. We'll even hook you up with their people." Yeah, yeah. What we look for now, we got people. What we look for now, when we tap in and we say, "Hey, a mentor or a coach," we're not just looking at them. We're like, "Who's your people?" Because mm-hmm. like, we, we want you. Network. We want you. But but look, bring up on in, and we want you to open the gates. You know, let us. You got a banker. We want to know your bank. You know, you got. I must a- say, I must say, that's one of the things that my community. My, you know, my community is called the Business Builders Institute, the BBI. Yeah. You see right there, mm-hmm. and they love that especially the the right. different connections that you yeah. know I bring to them. And but I tell them it's up to them to go and you know oh, do the report and no. to make things happen with those connections, right? That's right. Now, Jen mentioned something though, and this is a perfect segue. Jen mentioned that you guys did owner financing mm-hmm. with one of those properties. Mm-hmm. Now, in business acquisitions, again, how similar it is to real estate. <laughs> one of the things that I show, I preach, and I've been doing for some years now is called leveraged buyout, LBO, mm-hmm. right? If you're, are you familiar with a guy named Reginald Lewis? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You read his book. You read the book, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Yes, yes, I have. Got it on my shelf sitting over here. One of the first business books I read years ago. First black billionaire, most people don't know his name. Right? Wow. And, it is crazy, isn't it? and his daughter, uh, she came and spoke to my community and everything. And wow. uh, I have a you know good relationship with her right now. She told me that her father would be so proud of me because of what I'm doing wow. with the business acquisition. Wow. And that meant so much to me because he's a mentor yeah. to me without me even That's having right. ever met him. And to me too, to us too as exactly. well. I agree. Yep. So so now when we get into the ability to rebound from things, real estate or anything. There's so many ways that people are able to acquire property or business or just assets, even with no money out of their pocket. And with seller financing, that's a very common way. That's that's also what we do in business acquisitions, right? I go into an acquisition and say, hey, I would like uh, an owner to carry a note of 60%. I've gotten as high as 80%. 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And the business and the business is cash flowing right. and appreciating right. because the value of the business is going up as well. So have you guys ever done a fully no money out of your pocket? And I know you could say, well, technically, even when you go to the bank and get it, it's no money out of your pocket because you're get it's OPM is other people's money. But I'm talking more the more creative strategies. Have you all done anything like that to acquire a house? Yeah, there's all kinds of creative ways to to acquire real estate. And one of them, like you said, is owner financing. But there's also and tell me that story that you mentioned about the one we bought from 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 that owner. The one, the the one that we just mentioned that we brought, because that oh, was the, a good the, one. The, yeah, yeah, the 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 owner financing. Yeah, literally, we saw this house. We knocked. We actually called him up and we worked out a deal. Mm-hmm. And we he we asked him to hold the mortgage. Uh, I think we asked for a five year note, and he agreed. And I don't think we put down very much no, at all. We didn't put we down didn't have any. a lot of cash. We, we didn't. Didn't. That was it. Well, well, and here was the backstory on it. And and I'll let you finish telling the other part of it. Mm-hmm. Was with him, we strategically looked for properties that we identified that we knew there would Mm -hmm. be no mortgage on. So Uh, we researched the property. So when we found the property, we found out it was part of an estate. His wife had inherited from her her father. They were very well off. mm -hmm. Uh, He was a retired dentist. He had Mm -hmm. a dental practice for years. So they didn't need the money, owned several houses. We found this one and it 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 needed some work. He was cutting the grass, but it had been vacant for five or six years. But it was a very nice house. Mm-hmm. Very solid. So we, matter of fact, when we drove up, there were chickens or something, I think, running out. It was, yeah, that's because it was in the city. That was from the neighbor's house. Yeah, yeah, but it was in the city, but it was a rural, a piece kind really of cool property. Way yeah. off the street, right in the city limits. Mm. And so, so we called him, got his info. He had a little sign there. And we didn't even go out around the gate and ask. We said, hey, can we come look at it? Mm-hmm. We looked at it and we did what we do. We just kind of we mm-hmm. were just us, and we just talked to him. Really nice guy, and we just pitched. We said, "Look, we t- and we told him." You some, don't know if you don't. We ask. told him exactly. some of what we told him was was somewhat true. We told him we had just moved there. Told him we had kind of had some challenges. We didn't go into all the details. Told him we were not in a position to get her to the traditional mortgage, yeah. and we were wondering would he consider owner financing. Yeah. And surprise, no sooner than we said it, he said, "Well, tell me what you're thinking," and and I would consider it. And so we went back that night. I think we kicked it around. Now, we didn't want to come up with any cash because we had a little, but yeah. we wanted to buy property with mm-hmm. it. So we didn't want to give them any cash because we wanted to keep our 75K we had because we were trying to keep buying these cheap properties. Mm-hmm. So we came back to him and said, look, here's what we would we would present. We're willing to pay you. I think it was, we told him we'd give him 15, 1500 a month, 1700 a month, whatever it was. Willing to pay you a little bit more, but give us a five-year note, balloon in five. Mm-hmm. nothing down. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're going to take the property as is. Cause it, it, he, he was saying, I'll paint it. I'll yeah. do this. And that was our equity. We were like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to paint. You don't have to change any appliances. Do nothing. Just give it to me like this. We'll sign the note. And the bottom line was he said, yes. Yep. And we went yeah. in that house and, and then we ran. We, it was on and popping then. Dude. There and, you go. <laughs> and then when we got done, now this is a nice property. We, when we, cause it was an all brick, custom built house that her dad had built back, you know, early seventies. Yeah. But it was a really nice house mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. a really nice lot. Mm-hmm. And we were in a golf course community. So we had a little golf cart and we can ride in and out and go to town and do all that. But uh, so we got a brick house, uh, a 1400 square foot custom built brick home on two and a half acres of land. Mm-hmm. Would it owner finance owner finance 
And we stayed there for several years, mm -hmm. probably two to three years, mm -hmm. and turned around and sold that property and made $175,000. Fees, fees, fees. I wish yeah. we hadn't sold it. But anyway. Yeah. Now that I know what you mean. I know, you know what, what you mean. Because so, that, that's true wealth is what I've learned because I was also into flipping businesses. And then I realized that AUM, mm -hmm. assets under management, is the true measurement of wealth. Mm -hmm. Right, not just about the cash I got in my pocket. I got a you know hundred yeah. million dollars, okay. Yeah. But if yeah. I have a billion dollars AUM, that's what you do. Yep. So, right. Exactly. And if you have a hundred billion dollars sitting somewhere, inflation yeah. is going to nibble away at yeah. it, and, yeah. it yeah. and it's yeah. not going to have that value anyway. So yes. preserve it somewhere. Let let you know. Real estate is a preserver of wealth, is what mm -hmm. we like to say. So. We talked about the many ways to buy real estate. Yep. Owner financing is one that we've used multiple times, but then you have things like private lenders. Mm -hmm. There's so many people out there, bees that mm -hmm. have money. Mm -hmm. They're not banks. They're not hard money lenders, so to speak, yeah. but they have money sitting in their, you know, their, what do you call it? Their yeah, yeah. IRA, IRA account, account or self-directed IRA. Mm -hmm. You can work out deals with them. Hey, you know, I'll give you 8% or 5% or whatever you agree with, you know, to, and use that money to buy property with or buy businesses with. So yeah. there's so many things that you can do. And then there, of course, there are hard money lenders. And then there's your traditional banks that lend to these. So right. we work with lenders that know that we run a business. Get they know we're business. LLC and they only lend to businesses. This is the network that we've developed over the years mm -hmm. uh, of us doing this business. And it's it's exciting. But it's something interesting powerful. that you brought up too in reference to your business on the side for business and how these things are so similar. See, part of what we got into now with this this additional, this building on and this educational process for us, 30 years now into the game, we're seeing all so many other areas and avenues that are traditionally not tapped into. Yeah, we've got things that now we've started to do based on the leverage that we have with the portfolio that we have. Yes. You know, yeah. even how we move and structure ourselves when we talk to insurance companies or banks and these people are like, no, we're not moving with just no one property. We're not moving with just no $100,000. You know, when you start moving with millions and millions of dollars, you can talk differently and, and, and you get different doors open. Yeah. But one of the greatest things that we started to do is to access and tap our own equity. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to get used to learning how to make those soldiers go out and make and, 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 oh my God, I love that. That's one of my favorite analogies. Got, got to do it, man. And, and and we know The Richest Man in Babylon, great reference to that. My favorite book, too. Man, I love that. I love you guys, so, man. So, we love to read. Yeah, but <laughs> we've got part of every book you mentioned. We probably read it or have it. But the thing is, we're now really tweaking and developing. And the same thing for us in our community. We want to see people come in yeah. and genuinely help the people that that come in to be a part of our group. Matter of fact, we will not mentor and take every, any and everybody that comes to us mm -hmm. because if they're not right and ready, mm -hmm. we we don't we're, we're not going to drag anybody. You know, uh, you, yeah. you you have to have got yourself to a point. You drag them in. You're you, gonna have to drag them around. We're not dragging anybody around because, like you just heard her said, and I heard it. You open it up to them, but do they establish the relationship? Exactly. Do they follow up? Now, I can tell you how we operate. If our mentor right now says he can say in passing and mention the name, you best believe mm -hmm. it's already locked mm -hmm. and we're doing it before we get out from even really leaving from being with them. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be saying, hey, we like to connect or can we sit down or can we get a phone conversation? Mm -hmm. we, see, we, you, he's not, he knows better. See, he drops nuggets 
He's seeing who's listening. We exactly. listen to every word that comes out of his mouth. He's making $250 million a year. Okay. We're not on that level yet. We, we intend to be there. <laughs> and why wouldn't you listen to the person right. who is doing what you want to do? Right? Exactly. So, so 100%. Now, now so, hold up. Guys, I have I have a couple of gifts for you guys. All right. Yes, now, ooh, I love gifts. <laughs> team, get them ready. I'm going to bring it up in a second. You know, there's so much opportunity when it comes to business acquisitions, right? Mm -hmm. I believe it's even better than real estate, but I, I don't want to, you know, go to <laughs> be careful. I might, I might give it 50-50. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. When it comes to business acquisitions, first and foremost, the opportunity is even greater than real estate. The opportunity, meaning that baby boomers, for example, that's my favorite people to, my favorite group to acquire a business from. Because they were given, they may have been given the business by their parents, and then now this baby boomer has it, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna give it to my kids." And these generations now don't want it. They don't want things. So most people feel like, "Oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna shut it down." I, I, you know, I ran this business for so long. Well, in comes bees to come and swoop and you know take it, right? When when you're acquiring businesses, you gotta come up with your strategy, and you guys are in real estate. So it makes sense to do some sort of horizontal or vertical integration with the things that you do. This is part of the reason why I asked you in the beginning, well, what type of services do you use the most? Like plumbing services or, you know, how? Oh, you, okay. Right. I, I was so, wondering where that was coming from. Yeah. <laughs> so team, let's, 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 let's put up the first one. Let's see what we got first, right? So we have a HVAC business. Uh -huh. It's NVA, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you this is one of the smaller ones. Right. You can see they're asking 1.2 mil. They're mm -hmm. keeping about 432 each, each, you know, every year, grossing yes. about 1.7. It's been, it's about 23 years old. Right. Oh, you know, I don't have the reason for selling on this one, but it, it usually is retirement. Yeah. Uh, I usually yeah. focus on finding from baby boomers and such. So right. they're, motiv they're a motivated seller, which I'm sure you're right. familiar with that term. Oh, in the real yeah. estate, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, this do you think that this would be something that you'd be interested in adding to your portfolio to then support the rest of your businesses? Now, here's the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. We were part owner and already partnered with an HVAC company. Ooh. But but keep it but keep in mind in this area, and we were looking to purchase other HVAC companies. So when we go. tell you we don't necessarily do that. We don't we have hair salon, we own a product company where we do a whole, you know, natural products. So yeah. we have other things that we do. So we don't we're not adverse to getting into other areas. Now, when it comes to, to construction, here's the beautiful part about where we are right now. When we say, which is kind of an understatement, when we say we own a construction company, I have mechanical, electrical, mm. plumbing, mm. structural, all go. those people, carpenters, painters, in-house. So anything that I need right now, and most of my people will travel. So whether we're <laughs> licensed... Here's one of the benefits I have. I am a, and, and have been, and one of the few probably in the state, I'm older than I look. I've been licensed in the state of Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland. I was probably one of the few handful of African-Americans licensed as a class A contractor in the state. And I've been that for 28 years. So, but here's the, here's the benefit. There's really no kind of construction I can't do. Yeah. So when I go to another state, all I do is either reciprocity and or transfer license. We're currently going to get licensed in Florida. 
Okay. okay. So when I move into a state, I immediately take the license. And I license there so that exactly what you're saying. Now, if I let's say I didn't have the HVAC company mm-hmm. and I didn't have any of my guys that wanted to, then I would potentially look to either partner, buy, or incorporate that into what we do. Because so, you roll it, roll it in. And that's the, the best way to scale a company is by acquiring another one that you could, uh, you know, merge in and such. Exactly. I, I just acquired a, a glass and window business in California. And then, you know, okay. I don't have the license, that, uh, the necessary license, but I hire the team because there's enough revenue in the business right. to hire right. the people and right. without me having to work in it myself. Let's, exactly. let's, throw up, let's throw up another gift for the Spratleys. Let's see what <laughs> else we got. Look at this one. A residential pool company. Uh-huh. Right? I'm going to say that this is another low level one because we're going to give you the third one it's going to be a little bit bigger yeah, now 1.2 they're keeping about 340 they gross in 2 million comes with some inventory been open since 1980 i don't know how popular pools are in virginia but in florida everybody wants to get oh, a pool yeah. if they don't already have it oh yeah. yeah what do you think about this one well see that now we and we do know the market because we're up here there are a lot of people that have pools actually in our region especially in our region but, you know, it's a, it's a little more seasonal. I think businesses like that, and that's not bad if they're doing that level of business because obviously they must have service contracts or of something course. that's generating that for them. And, and not bad. Now, I'm like you. I, I would absolutely be interested in pool service business in the hotter climates because, you know, that's like it's it's going to be banging there. Oh, Here, yeah. Yeah, we, we get these cold months and everybody start packing the pools up and putting the covers on. <laughs> They're out for four or five months. You know, I but, can imagine. I go, okay, well, let's, let's, go, let's go to the third one. Yeah. Let's, let's okay. go to the third one. I, I, I'm really interested in this one right now. Is this it? Okay, okay so we got a roof inspection and installation company. They're asking 2.9. They're grossing over 7 mil and okay. keeping over 800,000 a year. That's right, it's, okay. it's a little bit newer, established yeah. in 2011. I like things that are at least 10 years old. This meets the yeah. bill. I, yeah. I prefer 20, 30 years, but this meets yeah. the bill too. 19 employees, two right. office managers, right? Five office staff and seven sales reps. So you know this could be turnkey-ish because you got managers in place. If yeah. you don't even absorb it into your existing company, you just have it keep running with its mm-hmm. own customers and such and then servicing your companies. Right. What do you think about this one? Yeah. I, I mean, a roofing business is a good business. Mm-hmm. That's a good business all over the country. That's, I mean, you know, when you, when you look at the numbers and look at it on the surface, if they're generating that and, and that's their cash flow, that's, that's, that's not bad. You, you, you're coming across some, some really nice stuff. My <laughs> yeah. friend. Well, this, this is, this yeah. is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. so many businesses for sale and not enough people right. that know that they can acquire it. Now, right. what makes it even better is if, if you are able to get this business with no money out of your pocket, that mm-hmm. changes the game. Now you oh, keep yeah. rolling it into your empire of everything. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And the cool thing about this business, the roofing and the HVAC, is that those are services that we use all the time. Right. You know, we have right. we have people, but hey, why not own a yeah. business that provides exactly. that service? <laughs> well, how much do you know about these businesses, Bees? Do you know what kind of systems they have in place and you know so how they're in, them? in the beginning on the lower level? you're just going to get something called like a SIM, Confidential right. Information Memorandum. It's a, it's a summary of the business, its operations, right. its exp- what things they are doing, things that they are, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit that you could immediately jump in on. 
Right. Now you right. don't you don't know fully on, of their systems and their process and you know even how their staff is situated until you get into the full due diligence, the full yeah. LOI, letter of intent, which right. starts right. full due diligence, and then you learn all of that. This is why this is the reason why I say this is the main reason, excuse me, why I say that I like business investing more than even real estate oh, yeah. investing. Oh, yeah. It's because you get to know, you get to reduce your risk as much as possible because you get everything up front. This right. is what we've been doing for 20 years. This is how much customers we have. This is our peaks, peak season and our, our low seasons. This is, uh, everything is laid out for you. Nothing right. is 100% guaranteed. You still, sure. yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. expected a, 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 a global pandemic to yeah. lock down business, you know? Right, right, right. But yeah. you, you get to... Yeah understand as much as possible before you sign on. to the, the but, but here's the cool thing. And this is how real estate still comes right back around into the picture. That's what they're right? working on. Well, yeah. you're making that, whatever that cash flow is, what are you going to do with it? There you go. Well, you you gotta put it somewhere. Yeah. You're not going to put it in the bank. Yeah. You have yeah, to yeah, yeah. put it into an asset. Look, we, we've yeah. got the, the company that deserve it. The company that I mentioned to you that we were part of, track company and we did it and we did it we partnered 50 50 we did a deal because we bought some some multi-unit buildings in alabama and and he was my business partner great guy still still know him well still a friend uh tremendous in that space now he he's built a you know probably 20 million dollar a year hvac business okay Mm -hmm. here's the thing the entire time him and i were together partnering i told him incorporate real estate because it was easy to incorporate the HVAC into the real estate. We did that flawlessly. I mean, we, we performed that and executed that, I mean, flawless. We did, did multi-unit buildings down there, went very well. But mm. what didn't quite click was what Jen just mentioned. So I know for a fact, probably, he's probably generating three to two, 2.9 to 3.5 million on his, on his 25, 24 million dollars a year. That's, you know, that's what he's making, but he's getting beat across the head with taxes. And so I'm telling him, I'm like, he's buying new trucks every year. He's buying this. He's, I mean, and you're going to only buy so many new trucks, mm-hmm. you know, he's buying new equipment. Okay. But you only want to buy the equipment you need. You don't want to yeah. buy the tax write-off. Yeah. So he's buying stuff. You know, he gives a little bonus to the folks and then the rest of that money, you know, Hey, they're looking at him. IRS is saying, Hey, you're you're 50-50 owner in this, 50% of this profit is gonna roll over mm. and you're getting ready to get hammered. So we took out ours, we're doing real estate. Yeah. He came over a little bit and then back back off to concentrate on the business. So that's where we see this. There's a bridge Definitely. here. Definitely. And we love the opportunity. Now, and I will say something, I'll throw this out to you because I'm sure we're gonna talk again. Of course. We <laughs> absolutely have an interest. And absolutely, we would buy businesses. So I'm not, because that doesn't scare us at all. We're business owners. We're like you. If we know it's up and running and it runs right, we're not going over there and run it. Yeah. We're folks that's running it. Exactly. And we're going to watch the numbers. Okay. Exactly. That's easy. We can do that from the yacht. So we, we, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? we can watch numbers from a computer. We don't yeah, have to be. Yeah. So we would definitely, absolutely, as we move into the future for things like this, and one of the things that we have that we'll throw out that's not actually in play as of yet, what we're hoping to do is to develop to a point where as this community with us continues to grow, we want to be able to provide resources for all the connects, HVAC, electrical, 
painters, we can connect you with a group and or potentially one that we own. Okay. And we'll take care of it for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Property management, you know, all everything down to companies to do rent collection, to do credit checks, to do all that. So all those businesses should be incorporated into this business. And I think this is one big marriage of, of just a collective of, of companies that I just take care. But I want to add one more thing, B. One more thing. Because yeah. this is the power of being a professional real estate or oh, a real yeah. estate professional. This that is you don't a, get from this the is other an side. IRS designation, real estate professional. We have this designation because this is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Any losses that we take as a real estate professional, as an investor. And when I say losses now, I'm talking about paper losses. I'm talking depreciation. And this is how people like Donald Trump mm-hmm. was able to write off so much and not have to pay a lot in taxes. This is legal. Mm-hmm. It's allowed. And you should certainly do it. Any losses that we take as our passive income in real estate, we can transfer those losses over to other businesses and other incomes. So if we took a loss of $1.5 million and we still had you know, $500,000 left over after that loss still could take as a loss. We can shift that $500,000 over to any other business, any mm-hmm. other income that we're making to lower our taxable income All over there as well. Taxes. So real estate, I'm telling you, that's your key. You want to become connected. And here, I'm going to give you a secret. Now, this is this is top secret stuff. Yeah. Most don't know. If you're not designated as a real estate professional by the IRS because you're doing something else as your full-time business, there is a way to still be able to shift that loss over to mm-hmm. other income, and it's through short-term rental. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. I can't yep. give you too many. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to give you a, a, a little insider secret, too. Okay. What's been happening recently, because I focus on baby boomers primarily, right. every, on the 90% of the business deals that I've been looking at, the acquisition targets I've been looking at, they come with real estate. Okay. The 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 owner, let's say baby boomer, been you know ran this business for forty years or something like that. The real estate's paid off. Mm. That's right. It is. Now, if I'm also doing creative deal structuring, meaning I don't got to go to the banks to go get no money for nothing. I'm doing some right, sort right, of right. financing. I'm doing some earnouts. I'm doing some DDP deferred down payment. I'm doing a bunch right. of different things that I stack. Right. Now I'm getting a cash flowing business mm-hmm. and Real estate that appreciates as well. Yeah. Not having to go to the banks to beg any money from them. See, now, now, now then you're crushing the game. That's it. <laughs> then we take the real estate, and as you know, you can buy the business and then run the business and still leverage the equity in the real estate yep. and not affect the business at all. Mm. But we love it. We love. I mean, I, I I see so many great connects, and man, it, it's it's absolutely. And we love meeting people. That talk yeah. our language, understand, and we love meeting people that can add some things that we don't know. Now you're certainly deep into the game on the acquisition for the business side. We well, know, we, we we love business, <laughs> and that's one of the things that we always say to people. And I've told Jen this, and she'll know it's my go-to statement. Look, biz. Matter of fact, my tags say biz man. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter is. I love business. He does people love people business. say, what business do you do? I love all business. Love it all. Now, we real love, estate we is love successful, yes. I love profitable business. business that you can find a creative way to run successfully and mm-hmm. make it profitable and scale it. Mm. Well, I love it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it can be ice cream. 
It can be car wash. I don't care what it is. Okay. And it doesn't have to be something we do. Exactly. And so I have you read, have you read Michael Gerber's, any of Michael Gerber's books? Yes. Got it. One, is, one in particular is in my, it's not a physical, it's in my audible. E-Myth. Uh, yeah. Name of it. Yeah. E-Myth. Um, E-Myth. E everything is E-Myth with him. E-Myth for business. Entrepreneur yeah. myth. I don't remember the one it is. I have it in my Audible. But okay. Okay. Audible is right. great. You can read a whole bunch of stuff by listening. To well, it. well, here goes the problem. I don't know. As I'm getting older, I've, I've started to shift away from Audible again and back to the books because it's not it's not older. It's as I've become my life becomes more complex with different businesses yeah, and different things I'm running. I don't have the time when I'm listening to Audible. My right. mind is still running on so much. <laughs> Let me tell you what that is, because I I've, I've suffered from that my entire life. That's 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 a business mind. See, yes, I, she gets on me because I'm driving, and while I'm driving, I'm thinking about business and looking at no, and no, looking at no, properties. This is him driving. <laughs> I saw something. I saw a deal. I saw a deal. Look, man, I, if I don't care, we we were just we just came from Simi. We were in California last week, Simi Valley. She sent me to the store. I think I went to get something. I don't know what I went to get for you, coffee or whatever it was. Yeah. I started driving around looking at property. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got back, I said, I found a house. She said, you did what? I said, I found a property. I said, look, look I started researching the neighborhood. The, the property selling from six seventy dollars to about 850000 This one was listed. It was a perfect, perfect sweet spot. It, was, it needed work. The yard was towed up. There was an old broke down car in the yard. It needed a roof. I was like, that's my kind of house. Yeah, so I'm looking. I'm thinking, man, I can make an offer on this today and close this. And all they, all they need to hear is, I'll buy it as is. I'll give you X and I'll close in seven days. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite go-to. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, we'll close it. Don't worry. And it's not a loan thing. Nothing else. If you want to get out, matter of fact, leave your trash. We'll get that out too. We'll get it. <laughs> I give you this number. Go. And then we get it. And I'm going to turn it. And within three weeks, my guys, it's going to be an $800,000 house. Mm -hmm. But then we're not going to sell it. I'm going to refi it. Mm. I'm going to pull the money out I paid for it and some more. And the money you pull out, bees is not taxed. Then you start explaining the things to people like 1031 exchange. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. and you know people don't know that that's a, a well-known thing it's common Absolutely. and if you're like oh my god i can't believe the wealthy are doing this you can do it too oh, yeah. right oh, and then, then i found i found that there's something called a 1035 exchange which is insurance where you can do the same thing like how you do with real estate in 1031 but you're doing it with your insurance policies wow. then i found out about infinite infinite banking insurance policies yeah. and how you can borrow against it and become your own bank and not yep. be taxed and it keeps yep. growing in value based on the money that's already in there even if you borrow it again exactly that's exactly right. and you're borrowing your own money mm -hmm. you borrow oh, your own yeah, yeah. look but not only look and on, on top of all of those these are wealth strategies and secrets and look mm -hmm. and in the mix of all of that you know that that john d rockefeller would not have had 46 percent of his worth in real estate knowing all that he knew and that dude knew how to monopolize a market mm. you don't have to like everything about who he was but to be as young as he was yep. and to be strategic as he was in the business to knock everybody else out mm. come on that's that's next level stuff well speaking okay? of that let's give him so, a quote from theodore roosevelt theodore roosevelt said every man who invests in well-selected real estate in a growing section of a prosperous community adopts the surest method of becoming independent for wealth, for real estate 
is the basis of wealth. The basis of wealth is real oh, estate. Every, oh, business, oh, every business that he mentioned and showed us, you guess where they guess where they're parked? Mm. They're parked on a piece of commercial real estate doing their business. Because you're looking at businesses that are above mom and pops that are not in their house. Yeah. So exactly. somewhere in wherever their location is, they're resting either on a piece of leased property or owned property. Owned property. And our goal is, even with the business, is to own the real estate. Mm-hmm. Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc yeah. was the creator yeah, of that. They well, they say Ray Kroc was Ray, not Ray in Kroc the real estate. He was in the no hamburgers. He wanted real estate. Yeah. <laughs> wealthy people invest in primary wealth. Primary wealth is land, you know, natural resources is primary yeah. wealth. Secondary yeah. wealth is when you can take that primary wealth and build something out of it like a house. Mm-hmm. So we like to invest in primary and secondary, mm-hmm. you know, assets. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. that's our thing. And other people do other stuff, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's our game. And we mm-hmm. stick with our game. So right. our game works for us. But I like I like so much, my brother, what you shared. And I we're going to we're going to talk. We're going we're gonna to definitely be oh, talking yeah. about, oh, yeah. I, uh, because there's some bigger that thing I just mentioned about something always spinning. I wake up with stuff spinning. I'll drive by. I'll, I'll, we'll be in the mi- middle of something. And I said, there's a business in this right here, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because, or, and there's a better way to do. So Beast, now you see why do. I married him, right? Yeah. I see. I see. I, listen, I love you guys. It's like my, my auntie and uncle right now. I just love this. Hey, we have to talk so much. This is, this is honestly the longest episode I've ever done. We can oh, we're so sorry. Yeah, we, we just did the rambling, man. We we, we just saw it. It's it's and there's so much more that we didn't get. So to much really more. Yeah, we so just, much we just, more. We we what we want we want people to get, and this is our yes. thing. This is our passion. We want people now for those that have an ear to hear. Okay, we want this to explode in them mm-hmm. because people need to shift. Mm. You can't you can't keep complaining and whining and I don't have. Let's enough. go. Let's you, go. You got to do something. Yes. You need to get some so the law of, 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 of not entropy, but but the, the law. You you need mm-hmm. to be hit and moved into motion. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to take the law of inertia. Hit. An object inertia. at rest stays at rest you unless rest. Yep. hit by an outside force. Let this thing hit you and move you. Okay. And the law of entropy says. If it's not used, if you don't do anything with it, it's going to move further and further toward disorder with anything. You don't do anything with your finances. They're going to move further and further. Oh, they're going to be eating away with inflation. You don't brush your teeth. Your teeth are going out. to move further and further. <laughs> We're going to have to have some discussions on physics and stuff. Could you bring it up the law of entropy? And that's my, that's my um, hobby, actually. I have tattoos on me. Okay. And when, when people see my tattoos, they're like, "What? why do you have math formulas on your yep, yep. <laughs> I literally yep. have... This is the standard model, which is pretty much everything that we know in the universe, but some summed up in the Lagrangian format. Wow. I, have the, I have the chaos theory. I have the theory of rel- relativity. Uh, wow, um, that's so cool. <laughs> because all of these things mean, mean something to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly how you're bringing it up right now. Now, right. one of the things that you just said, Rod, too, was... So it's related to something that I say. And you see, I was about to end this and I got to, we keep going okay. because it's going. But here's the last thing I got to say. A lot of times, especially in our community, the black community, we speak about reparations mm-hmm. and we didn't get what we were owed. But then the people who got that 40 acres and a mule, they, they got it and then they went and cultivated and bought real estate and built businesses and then they started building up wealth and then they passed it to their kids who were probably the baby boomers now and those baby boomers continued it and then they try to pass it and then that generation the current generation doesn't want it yeah 
So I'm taking my reparations. I'm not waiting for anybody. Come on. Because now I know how, oh, I don't have any money. That's fine. I know how I can acquire a business with no money out of my pocket. I can acquire real estate with no money out of my pocket. Yeah, I just explained it just a little while ago on this show. This is powerful. This is what you need to do. If they were listening. It could move you if you're listening. The thing that we do, and we won't say anymore after this, but when those around us now that speak from a level of wisdom that's already jumped above what we knew we had, and they say something, it needs to be like that old E.F. Hutton statement. When E.F. Hutton speaks, you better listen. It may not be repeated, but they drop the nugget, and it's to see who has an ear to hear. We pick them all. I'm scooping them. We're right. We heard everything you said. I'm recording them. (laughs) I've got them on the phone. I'm not missing it. I got notes over here. And don't think that we slipped on any of the three offers or anything. They'll be sent to you. We're going to send that to you. Now, if you need my help in acquiring it, we can talk about that. But I'm sending you the information. You can contact them or whatnot. If you need help in terms of the zero out of pocket types of strategies, the LBOs. I like that. (laughs) We love that. But and, and like I said, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We, okay. we just scheduled this meeting basically this morning, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even have time, enough time to really look into your background to have my team find something that would be the perfect fit for you. This was right. done quickly. Wow. So right. This is this is the tip of the iceberg when you see some of the other deals that we have on the board that you might be interested in. Well, yeah, well, we're my excited. Friend, we're connected now. So however that we always believe that all connections are divine. So we know that this one was as well. We yes. appreciate it, man, so much. You you don't know. And we man, we appreciate what you do. Yeah. And even hearing this, because we, you know, we didn't really know you before today, but you've already dropped enough for us to know who you are mm-hmm. and how you and how you operate. And and that that's Very exciting impressive. to us because mm-hmm. you know, look, we were on a yacht last week with millionaires and billionaires, a couple billionaires. And we went out from Tampa and went out to just kick it to do a mastermind. Oh, now you I was. You at my Yep. Okay. Okay. So we were, and, and but see, but I'm listening. See, I'm 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 older, but I'm the young guy in the group. So yeah. I'm listening everything they're saying. I'm rec- I'm just people asking questions. I'm hearing everything behind the question, but I'm watching a 43 year old Russell Brunson that mm-hmm. literally will hit the billion dollar mark this year. Okay. A billion dollars in sales, a yeah. billion dollars. The man's 43 years old. Okay. Started when he was 20. And you think you can't sit in a room with people like that, even if it's not your business mm-hmm. and get so much, that's where we slip. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can't, we got to always be willing to open, lean forward, lean, mm-hmm. listen and grab and get them nuggets, man, because. And take action. Yep. And move. You but go. thank take you, my brother. Matt. That is the best way to end this this show, this episode. Take action. All the motivation in the world, you know, we we can't motivate you all. You have to motivate yourself. We can inspire you and tell you, show you things that we're doing and things that you can do as well. But if you have the motivation and the inspiration of what to do, it means nothing if you don't have the execution as well. So shout out to you. Both of you, Rod and Jen Spratley, oh my goodness, it's an amazing conversation. It's been amazing meeting you guys. I'm looking forward to further conversations. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Keep absolutely. building 
together and taking it to a whole nother level. T tell everybody where is the best place to reach out to you, to connect with you. And then we'll make sure we also drop it in the description below. Well, there's a couple of ways you guys can reach out. So there's rodandjen.info. Okay. You can actually call us at 757-751-9969. You can email us at contact at rodandjenspratley.com. I'm sorry, connect. connect. Yeah, connect, connect at rodandjenspratley.com. Let me make sure I got the phone number right. Yes, phone number 757-751-9969. Or you can email us. And then our YouTube channel. Anyways, you yep. can, you can messenger us on, on, on Instagram. You can reach out from YouTube. But any of those ways. Your YouTube, your yep. Instagram is at Rod Spratley. Yeah. Or is yep. it Rodney? I think it's at Rod Spratley. If, if you pull yeah. it up either way, it'll yeah. come because I think both names will show. And mine but, is at jenspratley.coach. Yeah. But yeah. All, the, all those ways to get us, we look for, we love having these conversations with folks. This is just what we do. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you both for being on Entrepreneurship Exposed, where you helped us to expose how you can re rebound in real estate, but rebound in life. Right? Yes, Absolutely. sir. It applies across the board. We don't let nothing hold us down. It, it, you know, I'm going to leave with one, one last quote, too, because you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned how you, you know, you had some a certain skill set. So even during the bad time, you went and got a job to to, you know, continue getting some revenue in to help mm -hmm. get out the, 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 that hole. There's a, a thing I like to say is that an employee's worst fear is losing their job. An entrepreneur's worst fear is having to get a job. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but we do yeah. what we got to do. Because we do what we got to do. We Depressed <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Rod. Thank and you, ben. I appreciate thank you both. We'll see you thank all you. soon. And everybody, make sure that you like and subscribe to this channel. Make sure you're listening to it on your podcast platform. Make sure that you turn on the notification bell if you're on YouTube so that you don't miss conversations like this. And the audience already saying how much they love the Spratleys. This, this is, this, we, we ain't gonna talk about George and Weezy no more. We're gonna, <laughs> <this is George laughs> Weezy. Appreciate you guys. Thank you All again. Right. And I'll